Welcome, everybody, to the second edition, the second ever edition of 914 Wired. I'm sitting here with Charlie Stern in his Pelham studio. Ardina, is hold, Ardina Seward is holding down the fort in our South Yonkers Bureau. And our first guest today is uh, former mayor of Mount Vernon, General Bon Vivant, and apparently a communications impresario, Richard Thomas. Richard, how are you today? Welcome, Rich. Thank you for having me. Tremendous. Thanks. Thanks for welcoming me on and looking forward to getting rewired in Westchester. So to, to get started, um, the four of us, for, for our listeners, three of us, Charlie, Ardina, and I had a radio show on WVOX. Um, it was started 13 years ago, and I've been on it that entire time. Ardina joined us about seven, seven, eight years ago. You've been with us for like, been with the show for like five years, and Ardina has been the backbone of the show, show since she showed up. And Charles Stern showed up about three, four years ago and took a short respite. Charles is a technology guy. He is a communications person. Uh, General Bon Vivant, and the reason this will be a success is because of those two. Uh, my background is in journalism. I was a New York Post reporter, if you want to call that journalism. Ardina was the first African-American camera woman at any television network in the United States. So you have trailblazer people, trailblazer person on this show. Richard, when were you mayor of Mount Vernon? I was mayor from 2016 to 2019, but um, apart from your shows on WVOX, I had a show on VOX as well. That's what we were going to start with, about, yeah. about you know the fact that there's now a desert, a, a, a communication desert created by this. Please go ahead. It, 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 it hurts me. I've been on WVOX since, I want to say, 1996. Wow. When I was in high school, I started, um, you know, on radio there. And, you know, Bill O'Shaughnessy, um, brilliant man, the late Bill O'Shaughnessy, um, really opened up a whole new world, not just for me, but for so many people. So it's sad to see uh, WVOX close unceremoniously without notice. But, but I'm guessing the pain um, for the family must have been so much that they just decided to just surprise us. But I just, I just wish that um, we, we could have found a way to say goodbye on air for, you know, for those that do listen, the loyal listeners. And um, I've always enjoyed being on the air. I was looking forward to bringing my kids back on to help them one day get their show. But... Nonetheless, I just know that um, there's you can a big bring him on here. Rich, bring him on here. So I well, want to know, what's the, tell me the discography of Richard Thomas on VOX, show by show, from 96 to the present. So 96 um, was all eyes on us. Um, that was a show that we, as a teen task force, created. Uh, then under the uh, advice of current Mayor Sean Patterson Howard, who was our advisor, uh, we created a show called All Eyes on Us. And that was our way to just talk what we felt was on our heart and minds. So Sean Patterson Howard was your faculty advisor at Mount Vernon High School. Yes, in 1996. Got you on the radio. Yep. And we we ran with it. We had a great, great um, series of shows uh, from 96 to the 2000s. And I stayed on and off um, when I was in college. You know, I would call them Mm -hmm. from time to time. But I really got back on in 2008 when I was working with the governor um, talking on behalf of the governor's office, giving regional Patterson. updates. Patterson. And then Governor Patterson. And then um, in 2012, I got back on um, weekly um, with um, when I ran the Energy Coalition, New York Affordable Reliable Electricity Coalition. 
and that's where we were talking about energy uh, issues between 2012 and 20, I want to say 15, and then 2016 to 2019, I was on as mayor, and I gave you know weekly updates, unfiltered, um, what happened in Mount Vernon, and and now you know I got back on air in 2022, 2020, yeah, 2020, I want to say 2021, basically, back on air with WVOX Bill. O'Shaughnessy reached out and said, I need you back on air. And um, I was very happy to rejoin the crew in 2021. You know what? Um, we are planning to do election night coverage. Ardina and Charles, don't you think that he would be a great fourth person yeah. to help host? Would you be willing to, since VOX doesn't exist anymore, and I quarterbacked election night for the past five or six years, um, maybe you'll join with us if you're willing to to discuss yeah. what we're seeing in the results. And, and that this may be something that we can do going forward um, about politics and about elections and about things like that. The, the thing that always intrigued me is that you had the perfect resume. Thank Ardina, you. don't you agree? And I know Charles yeah. agrees. You know, to be the most successful mayor in the history of Mount Vernon. Didn't happen, though. It depends on your definition of success, and it length, depends on your length. Length. Well, in, ter in terms of time, um, it, politics is a marathon; it's not a sprint. And what I can tell you is, um, you know, a day is a month, a month is a day, uh, a, 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 a month is a year, and a year is an eternity in politics. And what I do know is that um, my tenure has a lot of confusion that has surrounded it. But that confusion, from what I can see, has continued to become more and more clear to the public that, you know, there was a lot of corruption in Mount Vernon that I was cleaning up. And there's still a lot of corruption in Mount Vernon that has come back since I have left. And when you take a hard look at the, the numbers, you see taxes have gone up and services have gone down. Those are irrefutable, irre irrefutable empirical facts. And most recently, the Teamsters have um, initiated a work slowdown because there's something funny with Mount Vernon's money. Why do I say that? It's because a sewer tax was imposed, a sanitation tax was imposed, a water tax was imposed. But the services are not there. So I can just tell you that in terms of, of you know, whenever you seek to change something, you get a big response. And the response I got from the system was, Got to get him out because he's making too many changes. So I don't, I don't, you know, feel any type of way other than proud of the positive work that I did, and the big changes that Mount Vernon absolutely needs. It's been done, and and I just want to, you know, take a quick recap of what has happened um, because of me. All the bridges in Mount Vernon, all yep. the MTA-owned bridges have been replaced or are in the process of being replaced. That's over $200 million from the MTA allocated so, so, so to the city of, of Mount Vernon. Right. We, know, we know there's a lot of work going on at Mount Vernon, and, and you know, some of that stuff was arcs uh, beyond your administration. We understand that. Ardina, did you have a thought here? You know, it's a different... Yeah, I, I My presumption, and forgive me if I'm assuming, is mm -hmm. that you want to become mayor of Mount Vernon again. You know, in well, my that's heart, what I mean, I, Rich. I it's like you're saying, t t tell us you're going to be mayor again without telling us you're going to be mayor again. No, look, in my heart, I'd love to be mayor again. But what I know is the way the system responds. When you have the amount of money and the amount of corruption that's in Mount Vernon today, 
the system is not going to, you know, willingly or have a, a fair level playing field for people that want to change it for good to easily come in. In this cycle, when I did run, um, they took me off the ballot twice, not once, but twice. They told me we had enough signatures to be on the ballot, and then all of a sudden we don't. And then when we get on the ballot a second time, they say, oh, you know what, we changed our mind. You're not on the ballot again. So what so really happened? The barriers what, to entry it, so, to get so into public really office no, is no, just no. ridiculous. So, this, so there's all these shenanigans with ballots, and New York has this elaborate process for collecting mm -hmm. signatures for running for office. What's really going on there, in your opinion? In, in my opinion, it's look, it's money. Money, money and power. And when you boil it down to the amount of money that's involved, the amount of money that's been distributed through be it contracts or, or personal political guarantees, we put it that way, political guarantees, um, you, you have a scenario where Mount Vernon's been sold out. And that's what we see. We see all the work that's being done in Mount Vernon being given to outside contractors, outside vendors, not people that are from the community, not businesses that are there that are put in the work and the sweat equity to build it up. And you see Mount Vernon really being um, carved up. So what are you saying? Are, are you saying that the outside money and their, their political campaign contributions are sloshing around campaigns in Mount Vernon and undermining the political process? Or is it even deeper than that? It, it's that and deeper. And what I can point to is just follow the money. I mean, you know, how come a $8 million contract was awarded to inspected to inspecting, you know, sewer lines in Mount Vernon when DPW can do that? How come DPW has to, you know, outsource work that it can do already? That's so, a Rich, simple no-brainer. Go, go ahead, Ardena. But does that mean, Rich, that, that, that you would abdicate from Mount Vernon politics because of the level of corruption or because you've just had it and you're going to move in another direction? No, I'm, I'm still committed to seeing Mount Vernon evolve for good. And there are systems and there's a process in place right now to change the city's long-term plan. Um, I look forward to staying involved in that. That was a law I passed before I left office. And there was another law in terms of changing the city's uh, charter that I also worked to get on the ballot and get passed. And thankfully it, it did pass, but it still needs to be implemented. So what, what I do know is I look forward as a taxpayer remaining vocal and, and also being a, a person that, that truly loves Mount Vernon, making it clear that there are other directions we can go as a community to make sure that we don't lose, you know, our future. Okay, let, let me ask you one, one, I just want to ask one, one quick question. Uh, my understanding is that Mount Vernon has no bond rating. Mm -hmm. And that being the case, does that mean that Mount Vernon is close to bankruptcy. Obviously, it, it, it's hard for them to borrow money now. But how close to the financial brink is the city of Mount Vernon behind the scenes of what we're not being told? My view is Mount Vernon it has enough cash flow to justify any type of borrowing it needs. The interest rates go up and down. And the fact <coughs> of the matter is Mount Vernon can and should borrow money. A bond rating just means it's your credit profile. The problem is the people in City Hall are pretending um, as if it's a bigger problem than it really is. It's not. And they're playing well, on the fact that... If you have a bond rating, if you don't have a bond rating, forgive, forgive my, my financial naive thing, but if you don't have a bond rating, it means you're going to have to borrow money at a higher rate. So if they run into some sort of fiscal emergency, they're going to be borrowing at, at a higher rate. So what does that yep. mean for 
financial security. It, it just means that you, you do what you would do if you were buying a home. I mean, if you buy a home and your interest rate is 6% or 7%, when the interest rates go down to 2% or 3% again, you refinance. I mean, that's basically what it is. Mount Vernon is, is not using its assets properly, and it has no real vision on what to do to, make, to address these, these, these problems. I want to pivot on a different, a different problem. This is like a more practical thing. It's Mount Vernon-related, sure. and it's driving people nuts. So we have this beautiful stadium at Memorial Field. It's, it's done at last yep. at a high cost and under a different situation with the county. But there's a track and there's a field. The track to the best of my understanding, does not require a permit to use. There's like community hours every day. You can go there and you can run on the track. The field, however, requires a permit, a permit to use that I assume is managed by the city. That drives people nuts because you can't go on the track and then walk on the field. And yet there are events on the field. Are you familiar with this? You mean ones that are not registered. Right. So in other words, if you want to use the field, you got to get a permit. It's like a big deal, and you got to get permission. And people are using it without getting the permit. Well, what's that happening what is people are walking around the track, and then they want to stretch out and do stuff on the field, and they're told, you're not allowed on the field. And that is causing a great deal of consternation and aggravation. Um, Rich, you know about the problem, right? Yeah, and that, that boils down to ownership. And then you ask yourself, who owns Mount Vernon? It's not the people of Mount Vernon. And that's where, you know, my loyalty lies. It lies with the people. And the deal that I struck with the county required the people of Mount Vernon to control the stadium, control the whole project, start to finish. And this administration turned it over to outsiders that obviously won't even let people set foot on the field. So I didn't fight and sacrifice, you know, my political career to give Mount Vernon's liberty away, it, it, it's really um, frustrating because you always hear about, you know, politicians claiming to be independent and strong-minded and they're going to do the best for the community. Look, we have a beautiful facility that we can't use, and that is not what Mount Vernon should be. Mount Vernon should not be, you know, the stomping ground of outsiders coming in to dictate and determine Mount Vernon's future. But that's what it's become under this administration. So I, I'm, I'm not sure... I 100% understand that because I think that it's more like there's a field and there's a track around its perimeter and there's two different zones of permission associated. And, and yeah. maybe it's appropriate to have a, a tighter degree of control over the turf than it is over the track. But it, No, no. That's, you that's, tell that's me. nonsense and it's look but don't touch. It, it's you know, don't ask, don't tell. It's terrible what's been done. If you go to any other facility, like let's say Bronxville, where most a lot of people in Mount Vernon go, they go to Bronxville and they walk around their track. You don't see them policing their field to the extent that they do in Mount Vernon. Why? Because they know that they have a useful life out of their field. They allow their community to use it. And they do also allow people from outside the community to come in reasonably and stretch out when they walk around the track and want to take a quick break to stretch. In Mount Vernon, it's unreasonable because the types of ownership, the political ownership, is just outrageous. And when you look at and you ask yourself, how can 
the county spend $40 million on that facility when it should really have cost maybe 20 at most. Right. Well, well so that's a separate you, question, but I'm looking at the, the use of the field itself, and it appears to me from looking at the, the city's website that the permit for the use of the field is controlled by the city. It can look that way, but, but, but it's certainly not that way for the people of the city. And the same thing goes with the building what department. What does that mean? Right? What does that mean? How, how do you, how, if they're claiming ownership, you're saying that they're lying? What I'm saying to you or is that it's really being controlled by It is really else? being controlled by the county, it appears. Because at this point in time, you know, if the city and the people of Mount Vernon want to use it, it's my understanding the permit costs anywhere upwards of $5,000 or more. Most community organizations in Mount Vernon don't have that type of resource available. Well, who's been them. renting it out then? That's the point. I'm, no, the I'm asking you. Yeah, who that's what who has been? Do you know who has been? I know the rugby team has been brought in to rent it out. Um, I, I haven't seen too many events other than some bigger city-driven events. There was a social been. event. There was a social event on the field, and I, know, I, I don't know whether it was a food event or a wine tasting or something, but there was some kind of a – there was definitely alcohol. It was a food event. And people were really dressed up. I believe it was on a Sunday about a month ago. Um, and people were walking on the field, you know, in shoes, hard shoes and heels and that sort of thing. On a field. On a field, um, on the same field that you're not allowed to walk on with sneakers if you happen to be using the track. And I, again, I'm not trying to provide a blanket answer to this question, but it, there's two different um, le levels of access control to the same facility. And I can see from the comments on Facebook and then the groups that it's driving people insane. Right. Is Mount Vernon High School's football team using that field for their games? They do. Do other teams try to use the field for their games, football teams? Um, I've seen um, other recreational programs from outside the city use the field, yes. And I don't know who they contracted with or who they're working through. I just know that... Um, the facility is very difficult to access for the people in Mount Vernon. And, you know, the same thing goes for the building department in Mount Vernon. The building department, um, you need a permit to do certain work. You need a permission to use Memorial Field. But the permits aren't being processed. And I come back to the point. Each year under this administration, taxes have gone up. You have the new water tax, sewer tax, sanitation tax. But yet DPW is on a work slowdown. Where is the money going? And, and, and yet there's there's also and there's no news organizations that are covering you. any of this. The journal news, uh, maybe once every couple of months, you'll see something about Mount Vernon. You usually you see things once in a while about the state of the public schools, which are kind of dire. Correct, correct, and that's why I'm saying that there's something there's something ominous going on, and and I just as a taxpayer, as a son of Mount Vernon. I'm concerned because it, it does not have to be this way. It can be so much better, and it doesn't have to be broken. And the people that live there don't have to be broke. You know, you shouldn't have to, you know, max out your credit cards to send your kids to private school. Um, you shouldn't have to worry about your utility bills. You shouldn't have to worry about your, your tax bill being larger than your mortgage. And that's the situation for me right now, by the way. So I'm, I'm just entirely... Um, committed to making sure that the issues continue to be raised 
and the solutions be put forward. And I can tell you right now, Mount Vernon can fix its financial problem overnight if it moved away from a cash basis to an accrual basis. But Mount Vernon doesn't do that. It, 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 it continues to create this, in my opinion, false emergency. But you know what? You know, this administration has been able to leverage the system against the people, and you can see it continuing to work out right now. So, um, Peter mentioned LOHUD and what they mm -hmm. don't cover. One thing they do cover, I'm pivoting here, is a lot of news coming out of the Westchester County Board of Legislators. Have you looked lately at what's going on over there? Uh, there's this story, I think it's Chris Johnson, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Who yes. is a, uh, a, a county board. Someone he's, Ardina knows. He's a legislator. <coughs> let Ardina, let Ardina uh, get in Go ahead. This. Ardina, tell the story. Well, it's been a bit of a mess because uh, Chris Johnson apparently had an apartment, uh, an apartment in Yonkers, and the stipulation of the apartment was that he had to have a certain income level, and it was for the 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 person who signed the lease for exclusively for him, and it had to be a certain income. I think it was in an affordable housing building. So what he did was he moved out of that apartment apparently sublet it to his brother-in-law right and he moved into an area which was outside of his district fast so, forward fast forward he got caught he's no yep. longer on the county board of legislators but it's happening with vidat dashi also so, because so yes. and now but wait there's more there's so now, more well there's the vidat gashi story yes which, which is brought a up. different situation go ahead ardina well but uh, gashi <laughs> gashi who who was responsible the mayor by the way is smiling <laughs> about this <laughs> God led the charge against Chris Johnson but now Gashi who lives in New Yorktown invested in an apartment in a, bought a co-op rather on the Upper West Side in the in the 80s where Mitch, he, I think it was a Mitchell Lama building a Mitchell Lama, no. yes Mitchell Lama, where he was supposed to live but a four-bedroom four bedroom and subsidized so, I mean, housing for a guy who lives in a million dollar house in but, Yorktown, but 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 uh, correct me correct me if I'm I believe it was a co-op because he had to go before the co he claims to have gone before the co-op board. But the co-op board only allows for eighteen months. Let but me we finish should, what we I'm should, saying. But we should say, but we we should all point out. I don't think anyone is debating whether or not Vidat Gashi actually resides in his county legislative district. He does. He right. does. Yes. He's in a so 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 the so the argument is not different the, situation. As opposed to Johnson, yes. Johnson resided outside of a district. Gashi right. lives in the district. However, Gashi's uh, Gashi's sin, if one wants wants to call it that, was that he invested in a in an apartment, a co-op rather, where he was supposed to be living, and he's not. He's right. renting, making some bucks off of it. So, it's a little. Edgy. So the question for Riches is: All of this energy and drama creating a vacuum in the Democratic Party in Westchester County? Open that is the question. Open-ended question. So, you know, look, I, I think a lot of issues are going to are going to collide, and be it the the migrant crisis in New York City, um, to energy costs this winter, to the political albatross that's becoming. Party politics in Westchester. I'm, I'm, I'm going to remain optimistic that platforms like this one remain committed to 
confronting these ugly truths that there are problems that are being ignored and that people that are looking for information and people that are looking for leadership are going to listen to what is being said here and they're going to act. And I believe that the majority of people are going to reject um, the party politics, the dominant groupthink that's been going on because it's not working. It's not delivering on the promises that, 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 that have been made. And, and I'm very um, hopeful that more people will step up to try and run for office that actually care about their communities. And you don't see the hypocritical behavior that we've seen. And, and I know for a fact that, that there are some people that are in office that, that are there for the right reasons. And, and the people that, that are not there for the right reasons, you know, hopefully they will step aside and, and allow the people to choose. Now, that's a little well, bit tongue in cheek. I know Ardina, Charles, and I will keep their feet to the fire as best we can. Right, Ardina? Right, Charles? Let's do it. So I think, I think what our guest is saying in, in different words is that sunshine is the best disinfectant. Yes, it is. Right? And I, I know I'm not the as first. To, is. I'm not the first to say that. Um, You're not? I think it was a Supreme Court justice yeah. who said that first. But it's true. And thank you for being our guest, former Mayor Richard Thomas, uh, for coming on 914 Wired. That's what we have time for today. We hope you'll come back. We hope you'll consider. Uh, he said he would do election night with Peter's us. Peter's idea is he wants to do, he wants like a tent pole kind of event. I do. Live kind of thing. And we got a little time to figure out how to do it. We'll Shelly claims she's going to be on with us, too, and uh, it's a guy from White Plains, uh, Justin Brash, who said he's, he's willing to do that as well. So thanks, everybody. Until next Mr. Time. Mayor, thank you. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye.